This is Ken Nagraj from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show and today we have Marian Drew with us. Marian is a highly skilled relationship mindset and health coach. Since 2013 she has helped clients achieve substantial positive transformation in their relationships, emotional and mental health, careers, family life and physical health providing holistic coaching for over a decade now. Let's hear it from Marian Drew. Marian welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me. Marian very curious to know about your journey please tell us about yourself and when did you choose coaching and why Ah so well when I started my journey into adulthood I one of my passions was nutrition because I thought it was interesting actually it was science I had a passion for science but specifically ended up landing on nutrition I thought that was all very fascinating and then as I was burgeoning into adulthood I was noticing that the quality of life in most of the adults that were around me was actually deteriorating the older i got and adult lifestyles were something that what i could look forward to was like being fat and sick in the united states and that was a contrast to most of the adults that i was around when i was a child and so that was something to me that was a little scary i didn't i decided early on that i did not want that fate that was inviting me. And so I was making decisions for myself to learn about how to avoid that fate because I wanted a life better than that. And also part of that personal growth and taking care of myself, I became an entrepreneur because another thing that I saw inviting me to adulthood was being an employee and living for Friday mm. and not liking my job. <laughs> and so I became an entrepreneur early on my first uh crack at it was when i was 19 and i joined a network or direct sales organization and i i really enjoyed all of the mindset tools that i was being taught and i really wanted to help people do the same thing the entrepreneurship entrepreneurship has been a lifelong journey for me but specifically as a coach that started in 2012 with my passion of nutrition i was sharing with people what i knew and There was always the idea put forth why don't you become a dietitian or a nutritionist and every time i considered that or being even a therapist every time i considered that my intuition would tell me no because i would i saw that as being part of what i see as a very broken profit driven system where you have to deal with insurance payees or payers rather and i just didn't want to be a part of that system that was profit driven instead of service driven. And so then I found out what coaches are and I saw that as outside of that system and I thought, okay, yeah, I could do this. And so I got my uh health coach certification in 2013 and I've been learning ever since how to help my clients be the best version of themselves. Marian, one thing that I love about your coaching is that you take a holistic approach no matter where the client is, you have something to offer to that client. So to begin with let's begin with the first thing that you deal with as you have mentioned right now is health right mm-hmm. so some of the most difficult decisions that people take is what to eat often time that leads to unhealthy choices because they are readily available how to resist them tell us oh that's such a it seems like such a simple question but yes it's true we live in an environment that is very different from the natural environment if we were placed in a just a wild planet that didn't have any civilization. Yes, we have very caloric dense is what it's called, sugar and fat, foods very very readily available, they're not hard to get. And 
They're caloric dense and we're designed to want them because they give us energy, lots of it. And when food is scarce, we should want caloric dense foods. <laughs> <laughs> because they fuel our activity and our brains. and But yes, so that's a problem to be able to say no to those. So the only, the most effective technique that I have come across that is actually the only scientifically proven method for keeping weight off and, and maintaining that uh, healthy weight is mindful eating, also known as intuitive eating. I don't believe that anyone enjoys a life where what to eat and what not to eat takes up a lot of rent in their head, where they have to think a lot about what should I be eating and what I should not be eating. Animals don't live this way. Animals eat intuitively and they don't have problems with weight control like we do. They know what to eat and when to eat it and when it's ripe and when it's not ripe. So I teach my clients how to get back to that more natural, intuitive way of eating so that we can spend our mental energy on really matter, things that really get us energized and, and inspire us to live wonderful lives. What what to eat and not to eat is so boring. Can you please explain a little bit on intuitive eating because uh, you teach that to clients? So Sure. When you are increasing your awareness, that means returning from your head to your body, being aware of your body. Some techniques for becoming more aware of your body is meditation, mm. right? Sensory awareness. You're really in tune with what's going on with your body, what you're craving, what your needs are. And those needs come intuitively to your mind if you're listening and if you're asking. And you, it starts with a, the foundation of self-respect, right? If you don't respect yourself and if you're spending a, a lot of rent in your head, right? A lot of time thinking about how awful you are and how not good enough you are and how you don't measure up to all the expectations that you have and everybody else you imagine everybody else has, then that will translate to feeling bad. And when we feel bad, we act badly. We act in ways that we would rather not. Okay. And we act so many people when they're reaching for food, it's not because they're hungry. They're mm -hmm. reaching for food because they feel bad. And carbs create a lot of serotonin, which is a feel-good neurotransmitter. And it's sacrificing the future for the present. But that's for a lot of people, they don't know how to not sacrifice the present for the sacrifice the future for the present. And so they're trying to just feel good right now. And food does that just right now, though. And the key is really developing a foundation of self-love and self-respect. And that is the key to practicing restraint, but it's not just restraint. It's you have more tools. You have more tools in your toolbox, if you will, for handling negative emotion in more efficient and healthy ways so that you don't have just one tool, which is reaching for food to get relief from negative emotion. Wow. So most people are reaching for food when they're not hungry instead when they are feeling bad. So you have given us some insight on what to do on feeling bad, but can you now please elaborate? So yeah. what I think you're asking is to elaborate on how to handle negative emotion more efficiently. Yes. So that's foundational lesson number one, when clients work with me for a long-term program, most people handle negative emotion in the ways, first of all, they have a perception about negative emotion that drives this behavior. Okay. And that perception is that emotions are annoying. They're interruptions. They're inconvenient. I don't want them. I don't like them. <laughs> All those negative perceptions and those perceptions of negative emotion or low vibrational emotion is what drives the behaviors of checking out or distraction or avoidance, right? That's most people's go-to. We want to avoid these negative emotions. So we're going to distract ourselves with food. We're going to distract ourselves with TV, social media, video games, porn, whatever it is. Okay. This is all distraction. 
to make ourselves feel good right now and avoid the the negative emotion. Expression is another way people handle negative emotion that a lot of people think is healthy. But what happens with expression is the emotion has built up and got so powerful and intolerable and unmanageable that we, you probably heard the expression, we flip our lid, right? Kind of like steam in a pot. We flip our lid and we express and we blow up at somebody, right? And we get the relief temporarily from the negative emotion, but we've only expressed the unmanageable part of the emotion. And then once that's been flipped, right, expressed, we go back to suppressing the rest of it instead of processing the full emotion, which brings me to the third way that most people inefficiently handle negative emotion, which is suppressing. suppression. We push it down. We ignore it. We try to talk ourselves out of it. We just, we will not feel it. And a lot of people call that buffering as well. We don't want to feel it. So we try all kinds of methods, blame, victimhood, all kinds of mental gymnastics to try to keep ourselves from having to feel negative emotion. And these are all really inefficient and not useful. And they cause a lot of problems, as you can imagine, in our lives, a lot of dysfunction. And so I teach my clients how to actually sit with negative emotion and to muster the courage to dive into it, to process it all the way through. And when you don't resist a negative emotion, it lasts for maybe 90 seconds to two minutes. And as long as you're not indulging in more thoughts to keep the emotion going, it burns out pretty quickly. And when we're on the other side of an emotion, we can actually interpret the intuitive messages that the emotions are bringing with them so that we can see clearly where we want our life to go, where we don't want our life to go, so we can make better informed decisions about our next move. So can you please again go into the how-tos of, of getting into that? That's something that you'll learn when you sign up with me as a client. Okay, so that's really deep and it might take a lot of time, which we do not have today. So It does take a lot of practice. I tell all my clients, when you learn this technique, you will suck at it. Mm. It's new. We suck at any skill that we've never done before. And it takes practice and failure and doing it badly and having compassion and patience for yourself when you do it badly Mm. until you can do it well. Totally, totally. I get it. So the second thing that we are going to talk about today is emotions, right? So tell us about, because we feel a lot of them, some of them are really important as an entrepreneur to grow, but others are just holding us back. So how to manage emotions well? I wouldn't say emotions are holding us back per se. If we're indulging in them, then yes. Indulging in an emotion is instead of just processing it effectively, okay, we continue with the mind drama that perpetuates it. So instead of moving through the emotion, we set up a tent and camp out in it. And that's when emotions are very destructive to our forward motion, right? We're indulging in the emotion. And usually there, there's a fear that the emotion's trying to protect us from, okay? It's a maladaptive coping mechanism, right? If we're not afraid of success, right? Entrepreneurs, so many people think that if you're not successful already, you're afraid of success. Mm. That's not true. The truth is you're afraid of something that comes with, that you perceive will come with the success. So that's more complex life, more responsibility. People suddenly coming out of the woodwork, asking you for money, having to, the complexity of filing taxes, much more complex when you uh, are successful and you build wealth. People are afraid of those things. And your brain is always trying to keep you alive and protect you. And those are the programs that are trying to keep you from feeling bad. But if we're willing to feel bad, if we're here to have the human experience, Karen, mm. so that means we're here to feel the full range of human emotion 
the good feeling ones and the not so good feeling ones. And if we're willing to feel all the emotions, then nothing can stop us, right? So the key isn't to stop the emotions. And the key is definitely not to indulge in them. The key is to allow them, move through them, and then we're not stopped from the forward action. Totally, we get it now. Tell us about careers because that's something you also speak about. So when and when not to choose the right career or when to transition. So transitions happen from job to business or small scale business to large scale business, right? So tell us about the mindset during these transitions and how to handle them. Okay. It's so funny that you say the right career because it's impossible to know on the front end that it's the right career unless you're, it's not impossible, unless you're really an intuitive person and you're really well-practiced at following your inner guide, there are no really wrong decisions. The worst thing is not doing anything, right? So many people these days are, they have what's called the paradox of choice. There's so many things to choose. There's so many paths to take. There's virtually no barriers these days, right? And because there's so many choice, people literally can't choose. They're afraid of making the wrong choice. And so they don't choose at all. And so they go throughout their life, just drifting with their lost with no direction. Okay. So making the wrong choice. And I put that in air quotes on purpose, making the wrong choice is way better than making no choice. And really by making no choice, you are making a choice. You're making the choice to drift and to not aim at anything. Okay. So now when it comes to entrepreneurship, The mindset is I'm learning skills. I'm adding to my own value that will serve me no matter which direction I go. So if this particular industry, this particular company stops working, which it can at any point, we don't know when that's going to happen. It doesn't matter because I'm able to pivot and take those skills and that value that I've built in myself with me. And I'm trying to remember the other part of your question. Can you remind me? Basically the transitions. Okay. Yes. Okay. Everyone, not everyone, but people who have been adults for quite a while have had the experience of knowing your conscience is telling you, this is the end of the road with this company. Mm -hmm. This is the end of the road with this person. This is the end of the road with this endeavor, this goal, right? Or this might be the end of the road. Okay. One of my favorite tools for deciding Because so many of our memes say, don't quit, just persevere no matter what, don't quit. But then there's this other part of wisdom that says quit, but wise quitting, right? Know when to quit and when to persevere. The wise person knows when to persevere and when to quit. And there's a great framework. And I can't remember the podcaster that came up with it. What is his name? He's a British gentleman. Anyway, anyway, he came up with this awesome diagram of you're thinking about quitting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is it because it's hard or is it because it sucks? And then it asks all these questions. If it sucks, do you think that you can make it suck less? If the answer is yes, you go this way. If the answer is no, you go this way. And those are really important. And that's why coaching is so important because coaches are asking the question that the client isn't maybe necessarily asking themselves because the wisdom is inside the client, but it's hard to get to the wisdom if we're not asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. So the coach asks the right question. Hey, is are you thinking about quitting because it's hard? Are you thinking about quitting because it sucks? Are you thinking about quitting because you're not interested in this topic anymore? It doesn't light you up, but you're not passionate about it. It's really important to ask those questions. And then when you're clear on, so the definition of having your back, I teach my clients, here's the definition of having your back. Why am I doing this? Or why do I want to do this? Being very honest about your reasons. And then do I like my reasons? If my reasons are, it's just too hard and I don't want to, I don't want to, do hard things anymore. Do you really like that reason? Right. Is the reason because you want to be a little bit petty? Do you like that reason? No, I don't like 
the reason of being petty, right? But if you like your reasons, then you don't have to justify them to anybody. You don't even have to justify them to yourself because you like your reasons. And then it takes courage because that's going into the unknown, right? We know the realm of the known. It sucks. I don't want it anymore. And you have to have the mindset of, I am able to handle going into the unknown and figure it out. Otherwise, you won't go into the realm of the unknown. And it takes courage. Nobody's going to be able to let, it's like a trapeze, right? You're on a trapeze. There's another one swinging up, but you can't see it yet. You just have to have faith that there's another, because it's dark, right? There's a spotlight with the trapeze. There's, you know that your partner is swinging another trapeze up to come get you, but you can't see it yet. And you can't grab it unless you let go of the trapeze that you're on. So it takes courage and faith for transition. Without courage and faith, you can't do it. You'll stay stuck right where you are. And I can tell you this, if you are staying, holding on to something that your intuition is telling you it's time to release, conditions will worsen and worsen so that your hand will be forced. You will be forced off that trapeze and it you will hit harder than if you had just let go. Wow. They have every single time something always gives marian you are one of the most intelligent coaches i've ever interviewed and i have interviewed a lot <laughs> so that's about best ways of reaching out to you because people are getting curious now oh sure so they can reach out to me on my website and schedule a free discovery call that website is maryandrew.com my name's spelled a little differently so i'll spell it out m-e-r-i-a-n-e-d-r-e-w.com you can click on schedule a discovery call it goes right on my calendar and we have a conversation like this on Zoom. It takes about 40 minutes to an hour and they will get clarity of exactly what's going on in their situation, why it's happening, and some steps about what to do about it. And of course, they can simply just call me. My, my phone number is on the website too. Uh, it's in Arizona. If you're in India, it's going to be a long distance call. And actually, my brain is forgetting that phone number right now. So I'm going to look it up on my website. It's 480-757-9306. There you have it. So do reach out to Marian. Now let's give them a reason to reach out. Marian, please share one of the client success story and tell us how the transformation happened. Okay. Uh, One of my favorites, Gwen hired me for stubborn weight loss. So she hired me as a health coach. She had worked with a few different coaches, fitness coaches, and the weight just wasn't coming off. She was used to being a certain size and she was really frustrated that she wasn't getting back to that size to wear her favorite clothes. And she, she just was confused and frustrated. And so she hired me. And when I looked at her two week food journal, she eats great. She eats really healthy. She doesn't overeat. I looked at her activity. She's very active, more active than I am, (laughs) very strong. And her blood work looked really good. So I knew that this didn't have a root cause in the physical. This was a mental, emotional, spiritual. So I asked her, when did the weight start coming on? It was about three years ago. Okay. What happened three years ago that is still happening now and stressing you out? And she said she got married. And by the way, it's not going well. Mm -hmm. And Actually, it was downright toxic. So I knew that a lot of times women, when they're in those kinds of relationships, their bodies will put on a layer of fat as a barrier, as a physical barrier between themselves and the threat. Okay. Also fight or flight puts us in a state where our cortisol is upregulated and that signals our body to produce insulin and shuffle our calories away as fat. So we dove right in to what was going on with the relationship. We handled her side of the relationship, which was contributing to that situation. And 
changed her perceptions. And in changing her perceptions, she changed her behaviors. Mm -hmm. And as she started showing up differently in the relationship, her husband started noticing that the rules had changed, the rules of engagement. And in the beginning, I always tell my clients, in the beginning, when we're working on relationships, it will seem to make things worse because humans don't like change. You have to think. It's hard. You have to adapt. So in the beginning, it does seem to make things worse. But after that initial period, he realized, okay, I value this relationship enough to work on adapting and work on what I need to work on. The relationship very quickly turned around within about 10 months and all the weight just fell right off of her. Wow. And not only that, she got back down to her, her regular size. She's also doing, she's also an, an entrepreneur. She's doing better in her business than she ever has hitting, not just hitting, but exceeding all of her goals, winning all of her trips. And she just checked in with me a couple months ago to let me know that she's handling conflict somewhat more gracefully in all areas of her life. Her kid's teacher, one of her organizations that she leads, she's able to handle conflict and um, resolve conflict so much more gracefully. So I love that success story. So great. That indeed gave us a lot of reason to reach out to Marianne. So do reach out to Marianne. And thank you so much, Marianne, for such a great conversation. It was a pleasure to meet you today and an honor to be able to host you. Thank you, Kiran. It was a pleasure and an honor for me as well. Thank you again. With that said, I am your host, Kiran Agra, signing off for the day. You guys take care. Bye, guys.